Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. We're your hosts, Matt Domney and Kyle Dobbs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. Because um, <laughs> we have like seven total subscribers to the podcast. Yeah, nobody's going to hear this anyway. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, well, when I post it, she she might. Um, but she's also kind of up in the air because it's like I might leave at any second. So yeah, she's not taking you serious either. Then <sighs> I don't know. But, I mean, uh, I don't think anybody also really takes you seriously, especially now as the dunking nomad. Which <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is the title. I'm gonna change my Instagram handle then. That, the, that is kind of the dunking nomad. Yeah. 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 We're going to take credit for it as well. I, I thought, Kyle, <laughs> I was kind of thinking it was going to be the, the one, because I remember, so I remember Jake, you, Jake, a while ago, somebody posted, uh, re- responded to something on your Instagram and you just responded back to this person and they were like, well, you sound stupid and soft or something like that. <laughs> and Kyle just sent me that story that you posted and he just responded and just went, Jake is a national treasure. So I thought that that was going to be the podcast title for today. <laughs> It was, it was literally somebody in your DMs talk. I don't even know what they were talking about, but all you put was soft. Yeah. They said something else and you put even softer or something. Like that. I was just like, was it the Zercher? I think it was. It was, it was, that was one of them. That was the Zercher. Yeah. yeah Cause he was, he was like, what would you say if it, if it is uncomfortable on the elbows? And I was like, don't be soft. And then he was like, okay, what would you say to a novice trainee? And I was like, don't be soft. Like, and then he unfollowed me. Yeah. yeah I, I, I could see where that would happen just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, dude, you get these questions. Like they ask the question, they know the answer already. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and maybe, maybe like five years ago, I would take the time to maybe develop that relationship, but I don't care anymore. You know, I got, I got enough people that like my stuff. I don't need this random guy. That's like, Hey, how do I, how do I, this kind of hurts my knee a, a one out of 10. How should I change it? Like, I don't know. Don't train, stay home. <laughs> just, <laughs> just quit. You're on the wrong program. Yeah. You yes. should probably just quit. Hypertrophy <laughs> clusters, not for you. Yeah. Just yeah. buy, buy my ebook. That's it. <laughs> you just got to start going like full seedman and just be like, read the article, read the article, or just buy yeah. my book, buy my book. And that's how you respond to everything now. And I'm going to, I'll cite myself. I'll cite yeah, like exactly. Jake Tura, the admin, Nomad, Dunk, like, you know, all my, all my different uh, personalities. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, like, there's a guy on my profile now who came about, I don't know, probably a month ago, but now he comments on every one of my posts but asks a question completely unrelated to the post itself. And the one time that I finally, I answered, I was like, Hey, like we covered this whole thing in the group mentorship. He's like, Oh no, that's too expensive for me. I'm just going to keep asking questions here. And now I just ignore him. I'm like, fucker. <laughs> like, I'm not answering anything you ask. Oh no, I don't want to pay you. I just, want, I just fr- want your information for free. I just want free advice for my, my personal problems, you know, on, oh, on social media. Yeah, dude, I don't get it. I don't understand how people can be like that. Well, that's why like, so you know, the frequently asked questions, section on dms now i changed mine to will you help me for free and can i send you unsolicited videos of my lifts so those are my two <laughs> frequently asked questions so whenever i get people who click one of those i'm just like delete get out i'm not gonna t- i'm not looking at you <laughs> uh dude i get it for um for jump technique you know look at my jump technique and i'm just like looks good <laughs> keep jumping i'm like do the same thing but do it for months and years you're good yeah yeah how do i get better at jumping well, you keep jumping. Have you just <laughs> tried being better? Have you tried jumping more? 
It's like, no, actually, your technique sucks. And I'm going to add 15 inches to your vertical immediately. Yeah. Buy my ebook. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just like even one up that back. Here's the one thing that I would change, colon, and then never respond to them again. <laughs> so they're always like, what's the one thing? There was one simple trick. Lincoln bio. You, you need to have the, uh, so we've, we've got kind of, we have a fuck you link on our Calendly, which is like the, uh, the consultation, the DM consultation for, for Instagram when people ask too many questions. It's like, hey, let's just go ahead and book a consultation, send them the link, and then they click on it and there's a $1,000 paywall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally a five-minute call. They're like, what? $1,000? <laughs> I think I got the wrong link. And you're like, no, no. You, got the, you got the right link, actually. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is crazy. I get that, too. It's like people like, hey, can we, can we hop on a call sometime to talk training? Like, well, maybe if you're like really established and you can help me out here, but you're like, where do I get out of this? I, I can, I can have these conversations with anyone, you know, There's and you no, probably just, you probably have no clue. Like what's, where's, where's my, what do I get? Yeah, Give me there, something. The, you know? There's no uh, reciprocal, like there's no exchange of value. The at just, all, yeah. Yeah. Just leaching value. Yes. Like, no, I just want to use your time and your information and provide nothing. Yeah, and then I'm going to post about all of your stuff on Instagram and I'm not going to tag you in it. And I'm going to act like I came up with all of it. <laughs> and I'm and then, the dunking yep. nomad. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, they're like, um, what, what type of load should I use for leg extension? I'm like 70% one RM, you know, they're like, what's a RM? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, go away. So now, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. now, now it's like, okay, 30 to 45 seconds. And you should be failing at 30 to 45 seconds. I can't make it any simpler than that. There's no RMs involved. It's <laughs> amazing. If you <laughs> haven't thrown up yet, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you I think we should, a, oh, we should take an, an opportunity to introduce our, our guests. Because we've been recording for like, what, five minutes now? Without anybody knowing who's, who's on. Um, so Jake, thank you for joining us today. Could you take a minute to introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, what you do, and like just a little bit about you? Uh, yes. Okay. So retired college strength coach because um, most college strength coaches make bad money and work a lot of hours and deal with people that don't really like lifting um, and deal with uh yeah there's many different disciplines that make you less effective um and i i'm convinced a lot of them keep their job because they just have no they they can't do anything else you know it's all that they know so i left because i have the online business and made more money and now i just uh traveling and uh dunking basketballs and uh getting glazy at the gyms and still uh learning about patellar tendon because i deal with left side patellar tendonopathy here and there it used to be my right side and then it jumped over there and then some patellofemoral pain. So the thing is, those injuries really suck. But anyone who will ever tell you that you should just have healthy knees and you can continue to push the limits of uh, performance of vertical jump, whatever, are completely lying to you. That the higher that you jump and the better you get at anything, the more likely your patellar tendons or your patellofemoral is going to blow up. So um, it's, it's kind of a blessing that I'm still dealing with it. It obviously sucks because I go out and dunk and it's like, you're not jumping as high. You deal with pain the next day, but I'm, I'm uh, forcing me to learn. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. Have you, like you just need to find your left heel or have I you found the left heel? It's there. Have you tried a longer pendulum step? <laughs> uh, well, dude. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> it didn't I tried work. walking in retro step for your dunk, running backwards for it, maybe. I, well, I, yeah, 60, I spent 60 minutes finding the left heel and getting a left hamstring, and then I jumped lower. <laughs> well, I mean, that's expected. And, and that, pain that's was expected. more. And pain was more. That's, that's also expected. New position. You don't know how to, how to do it yet. It's okay. We can coach you through for only like three sessions of $200 each. We'll be good. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, like, it's like taking my, if I can, Zertra squat 450 and then making me Zertra squat 20 pounds. Yes. Okay. The typical recommendation is like the standard for strong people is 95. We just put you on a 45 degree slant board to do it. Yes. Well, it doesn't make sense, but I'm sure. I'm sure we're we're just going to go 25% one RM. If you know what that means, if you're, if you're aware of what the RM means and put you, you on a slant board. Decrease your load as much as possible because that's how you're going to injure yourself. <laughs> Lifting is dangerous. Jane. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, that's what my, my where I am. You know, patella tendon is a little sore. Patella femoral is a little bit sore. So you know, I love dunking, but I just don't want to be in pain. So I'm just gonna find a nice couch and I'm just gonna you know do Netflix marathons the rest of my life. Nice, very yeah. nice. That is the solution to me. That's that, okay. That is the that is how you bulletproof your knees. Never use them. Just don't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> never do anything. <laughs> well, actually, I, got, I was thinking like I've never really wore the uh, the knee the knee braces, but. I mean, they must have a bulletproof knee brace now because this phrase doesn't make sense outside of that, you know? There must be a knee brace that is bulletproof that can withstand someone shooting you in the knee. Yeah. If not, I think we just found your next marketing opportunity. You have eBooks, right? You're the dunking nomad. And now you can have a Kevlar knee brace, <laughs> which will protect you not only from the pains of jumping, but potential drive-bys depending on where you're playing ball. I mean, you did just talk about how your basketball was stolen from you. So I don't in, know Long, in Long Beach, in Long Beach. So if you're in sketchy areas, that Kevlar knee yeah. brace might be might beneficial. very handy. Yeah, uh, I well, I might restrict mobility though. So yeah, it's it's well, of it's course. Gonna, well, yeah. but it also might be like a knee sleeve, which kind of acts like you know, it might even propel you into more and better extension. Yeah, and it, it might add a resistance curve. Oh, even better. You know, we could, we could do like knee wraps with it, right? So we just get the knee wraps super, super, super tight so that he has to like almost load himself to bend his knees and sit down and then he launches up even higher. Perfect. We got it. We got, okay. it's, ba it's basically like, um, it's like a squat suit or a slingshot. I'm, really, I'm actually surprised like Mark Bell hasn't devised this yet, but it's kind of like a slingshot for your dunks. He's been waiting for you to do this, Jake. That's he has really There's is. a partnership opportunity here too. But yeah, yeah, okay. But well, it makes me think if there's a slingshot because it makes you go out. You know, we we would need a slingshot to make you go in. Well, the knees come together. Well, that well that that's we where you do. come in. That's where that's where you come in. Yeah, that's where you come in, man. Okay. Have you just tried squeezing a foam roller while you're jumping? <laughs> <laughs> This isn't so hard. We have all the solutions. Exactly. I'm going to need business partners and also a big upfront investment. Yeah. Well, we no can, guarantees. we'll consult. Like, okay. We'll, That's for, fair. For a small fee, for a reasonable no, fee. Reasonable. I guarantee you somebody listening to this podcast has already got their checkbook out. Yeah. Right okay. They're ready, They're ready for it. They're ready I, for no, I don't need any skin in the game from anyone else involved. <laughs> <laughs> so... What is your, what's your day-to-day -day like now? Day-to-day, -day, well, it really depends because, okay, so I, uh, rugby strength coach was doing this, um, 
this uh, continuing education thing. So for a while there, I just, I just worked all day on this jump, this vertical jump. Well, not vertical jump, like jump plyometric training for team sports. It was like a module thing. So it was like 90 minutes of me trying to put the last decade of knowledge into this thing, which was one of the most miserable things I've done because it was so painful to put this in a system that made sense. And I, and I hope it made sense. But so I did that. So very purposeful for about two weeks, you know, just doing that for the majority of the day and, and brain dead every day. And then I get that done and I just kind of wake up and it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing now. You know, <laughs> no clue what I'm doing now. And then for a while it was like uh, YouTube videos, YouTube videos on patellar tendinopathy because I always get it. There's always some new concept on patellar tendinopathy. So I would spend that day making one or two YouTube videos to make sense of this very simple thing. Um, and then some days, you know, it's dunk sessions, meet up with other people. Some days go to the beach, you know, pretty much do whatever I want. But, but when I have the days where it's like, I don't really know what's coming next. It's kind of like, for myself, I need to have a purpose. I, probably most people, but I need to have a purpose. So I get kind of like depressed. Like, what is the point of my existence? Yeah. It's hard being a dunking nomad. Yeah. Just, just chasing the glaze. I chase, well, it's either, it's either you dunk. Well, that's the problem. You have to separate the two. Like if you, if you get a glaze, if you get an upper body glaze and then you go dunk, it's not going to be that good. And you're also mm -hmm. not going to look that big because the blood's going to your legs. So it, it's like you have the day where either you're going to be, you're going to be dunking or you're going to be lift or you're going to be lifting lower body. And then the next day you got to carve up properly. And then the next day you can get the glaze on. Um, but, but it's always tough to mix the two. You can never think, really mix the two. I think this is actually how Charlie Francis devised the high low model. Glaze days and dunking days. <laughs> is that in the book? I think so. He's like, which day am I going to the beach? So I need to look the most. I'm here. almost positive. That was the impotence behind that. We'll ask Derek when we have him on. Yeah. If he, he would know for sure. If he was considering glaze days and dunk days. During well, I would say, I would say glaze days and bounce days. You know, okay. that would make okay. more sense. Yeah. Fair. If you're going to, I mean, the, the terminology is really important to get right. So, well, you don't, yeah. You don't want too much specificity. But the bounce works. Bounce works. Yeah, and the glaze, the glaze is also individual because depending, you got where your body parts are small. You know, you might it might be just shoulders, bicep, tricep, and if you're just a peasant all around, you don't get any isolation work. You know, very little <laughs> isolation work. It's just bench press, uh, pulling exercises, overhead presses. You know, you got to actually move some weight. You're not if you're going to be doing delt raises for for five pounds. You know, that's at the end, but. Um, yeah, you just, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve isolation yet. Sorry. I can. I mean, I can live with that. I think that's. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like right now, looking at you in the Zoom, you're telling me physically that I don't deserve it, and, and I think that's <laughs> definitely what Matt is thinking as well. But oh, for sure. And, <laughs> I'm okay. And if you can't bounce, if you got no bounce, you you got no bounce on the ten foot rim. Get rid of the ego. Go to a nine foot rim. Even use a girl's ball. You know. Because I'm not going to do a dunk session with you where you can hardly dunk on 10. You're just going to bring me down and be like, yo, can we be done yet? You know, it's like, that's the hardest thing. I probably found like two, I probably found three or four people in my life that can vibe properly with a dunk session. Mm. Yeah. So what does an average dunk session look like for you then? If anybody else thinks, uh, like out here thinks they can vibe with you on a dunk session. Uh, well, you have to be able to dunk first. That's and a prereq. That's a prereq. Obviously. Yeah. It's a prereq. <laughs> so that will usually mean that you're a male because I don't know many females who can dunk. And because you're a male, you have, well, I would say on average, you have more of an ego. So if like you're performing not as good or you're just not, it's very easy for you to get moody and try to, try to ruin, ruin the vibe for me. Mm. So 
usually it would have to be someone better than me that's dunking better than me, which is kind of easy to find because I'm only, I'm six foot tall. And most of these guys are six, three, six, four. So that's my first excuse. They're taller than me. They, that's why they dunk better. And I'm 220. And these guys are like 180, 170, 180, 190. So that's my second excuse. They're, they're a twig. And the, what's the third excuse? I think that's the only excuses I have. Um, but okay. The typical dunk session, what it used to be, I could go in, I could go in cold. I could go in cold, be fine. And now it's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes shooting around. Like I got to get warm. If I go in and jump as high as I can, I'm feeling in my knees immediately. Cause I just, I just got old. Um, and, but usually it's pickup basketball. If I can play some pickup basketball a game to 21, something like that for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, my best dunks come uh, right after that. But if I got to go out, if I have to go out by myself and dunk, um, cause uh, for myself, like I'm, I'm really motivated by like dopamine spikes, being around people, encouragement, all that stuff. If I go up by myself, it's so easy to have an awful dunk session and just call it after five minutes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> if I can get with a person, I was much better. But again, you get with the wrong person, then it makes it completely worse. And you're usually going to get with the wrong, with the wrong person. Yeah. Oh, because, because dunking is just so rare and every guy has an ego. So if I could have a rim, if you could have, if you could have my rim and then have a rim that's six inches lower and also have a girl's ball for them to dunk. And then I dunk on this one, you know, that would, that would work. Okay. But no guy would be willing to do that. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, yeah. I got the big one. I can, I can get up there. It's very true. It's, <laughs> it, I completely agree though. We always like, even in college, like you do like a, you know, you have a two hour practice and you'd be jumping the best after that. Like it's like the, the non-specific warmup of actually playing was really what you needed from that respect. But yeah. So are you going to come to St. Louis? I mean, San Diego is nice, but if you come to St. Louis, we can have a dunk session. Kyle will uh, dunk on you. Come to St. Louis just for that uh, and deal with the crime. And <laughs> and probably, You're stereotyping and my entire city right and then, now. And then I'll come, out, I'll come out just for that. We'll get a dunk session, like 30 minutes. You'll get a call from your family that you got responsibilities. You know, you'd be like, sorry, I got to go. And it's like, wow. <laughs> Drove all the way out here for a 30-minute dunk session. I didn't even get warm. I didn't even get one dunk in, and you already got to go. Okay. I, I could block out like an hour. Okay. Okay. Like this is – I have responsibilities, but they're not that crazy. We might I even be able to go to a calendar. He could, he could open up some slots. On we there. might even go to a playground where my kids can play, and then I got like two and a half, three hours. What's, well, what are your uh, statistics, your height, weight? Six, four. This morning, Matt, you'll be proud of me. I was 220.8. Oh, wow. So I'm taller you. than you, but I am at least over the 220 mark. Well, that's hardly. So he, is that even 100 kilo? Still a twig, though. Is that, is that even exactly 100 kilo? 100 kilo? That is exactly, 100, exactly kilo. 100 kilo. Oh, it is. It, wow. in, yeah. in Kyle's conversion, it's actually like oh, like 600 kilos because he's really bad at the conversions. It's, it's not six. It, it would be like yeah, like 105 kilo. You know. Yeah, he's really well, bad at. We're gonna round it up a little bit. We're gonna round it. You up. okay? We gotta get the Yukon gold dunking though. There's zero chance. That Matt, that Matt, that Matt's ever gonna dunk. You can get me like if I'm I'm six three two sixty five. So if you guys can get me to dunk, that would be pretty impressive. Six three two. Okay, can you please you actually? Hippopotamus just flying through the air. Like, can, I need a video you, of Matt trying to touch the rim. Okay, I was just gonna ask. Yeah, can you sometime after the show, Matt, go out and go to go to a rim and just run up to it and jump? I just want to see how awful the technique looks. <laughs> I just want to see how embarrassed I can be for you. I can try. I can, I, I can DM you one, yeah. And no, DM. I'm, I'm saying like, no, because I want to share, I want to share gotcha. publicly. Gotcha. Yeah. With, with a tag. <laughs> I think the, the craziest thing about that. I'm just going to hashtag vertical jump protocol, and then this is my result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. torpedo your entire business. <laughs> yes, and be like, be like 
baby penult say baby penultimate works. And you're jumping like three inches. <laughs> oh, please do. Yes. The best thing is Matt actually has like massive calves too, which I I still always make fun of him because if you see him, you're like, there's an athlete in there. <laughs> There's not an athlete in there <laughs> at all. I think back when you were fighting, I think that the athlete was there, but that was 80 pounds ago. What, uh, did, what did you do? I, I, so I used to do um, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and I trained and I fought for, man, I started training when I was four and I stopped when I was 25. And I competed and I fought from like 17 to 25. And now you're just a block of wood. Now I just lift weights. <laughs> yeah, now I just lift weights, man. That that Jay Cutler block of wood physique. Right, exactly. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing. But when he walks, nothing on his upper body actually moves. I want to be as wide as I am tall. That's the goal. Yeah. So no, like no, like reciprocal push pull movement. It's just no. all bilateral. No, Everything no. has to be. Yeah. Okay. He leaves that to me, and then makes fun of me. That's. It's the way our that's the way our training talks typically happen. So even even when you walk, are you are you swinging the same side arm as the leg? I I do walk like a giraffe. I walk ipsilaterally. Yeah, it's a, it's very 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 efficient for me. It's like a full wow. body rotation. Yes, like just yes. a door constantly opening and closing. Exactly, right arm, right arm, <laughs> left arm, left arm. <laughs> boom, boom. There we go. That's how it goes every time. Um, can you honestly do the dunk the the jump though? I can honestly do the that. Jump would, that would that yeah. would that would probably uh yeah. That would really make me happy. <laughs> Look, I got to find a basketball court around me, though. Matt, going into it, just before you – do do you think that you can touch the rim? Like, what, I honestly what are don't you, know. What are your like, – I honestly I – think, I think single-handed with, like, a real reach, I could probably, like, fingertip touch the rim, but I don't know. Yeah, because your shoulder flexion is not good either. Like, it's I don't, not good. I, like, your overhead is – you're gonna it's terrible. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, I because I, I think that that might actually be the limiting factor is I don't think you can get your arms over your head enough to get yeah. vertical enough with it. I, I don't know if I can. I think I think I could get like fingertips to the rim, um, on one hand. I don't. I don't think I could do both. Zero chance on two hands. Zero. There's, there's zero no, chance on two hands. There's no <laughs> chance on two hands. I, I imagine if you did too, you would you would grab it and then slip a little bit and like land on your back straight you know? <laughs> on his back. Yeah, he would be the guy that like held onto the rim just a hair too long to where his feet flew too far forward. Yeah. And just, just yeah. <laughs> or I would just be the guy that bends the rim because I'm so big. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I'm heavy, you actually have to be careful on the playground because if they're if they don't have breakaway rims, you might actually yeah <laughs> something. You are big. A big, big fella. I'm a big man. So. <laughs> I mean, that would make for a good TikTok, though. If you went up it and would you make broke for the rim. awesome TikTok. Yeah. UConn Especially gold. By, like, UConn gold destroys, destroys rim. I just don't. Th- yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to imagine like you're halfway up the net. Like that, that's kind of what my prediction is going to be. I don't know. I think I could touch. I think I could touch the rim. Well, I mean, you're, you're six three. That's not an accomplishment, but I still don't think you can do it. <laughs> we actually, at my old job, we actually had a vertec. Um, that we one of one of the the things that we would do is we would just, we would just test people's verticals all the time because my former general manager was a uh, was a beach volleyball player, 
So he was big into like big into jumping. And like, I think I had, I think at the time I hit 27 inches, but I was also, that was also like 30 pounds ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not hopeful for you at all. 27 standing. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not bad. And that would get you there, but I don't think so now. No, that's not awful. Yeah. Dude, I've seen some pretty poor state. I like, I worked women's golf and oh my God, some like, just so like, I mean, I mean, not that it, not that it matters because like often if, if you're going to correlate like the vertical jump to um, like how far they can drive the ball, usually it's like, if they're just bigger, if it's fat or muscle, they're going to drive it further. Um, and their vertical jump's going to be awful. But uh, yeah, dude, some of them like, it's like freaking eight inches, 12 inches, you know? And then it's like, you think all these, all this research on like potentiation of like, take someone, do a task, do this potentiation stuff. They should get better. Like, some of these athletes like that have are so poor athletes period um, at just having any level of output um, that they just get tired and their vertical jump is worse. It's, like, it's, just, it's like potentiation didn't work for you. You know, you don't deserve you. any of this stuff yet. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I will say though, some of the, some of the golfers, like they usually are very like, I don't know if you guys work with golfers, like any of the isolated like movement screens, they can usually pass them super if they're a good golfer like a younger golfer some of the older people that go golf you see them swing and it's like they can't move their body at all but some of the like college age um like they they're they're amazing at certain movements um they're so they're so in tune with their bodies which you would not think as a golfer um but they are it's like it was just amazing like uh the type of i don't we did like an fms screen because like they just wanted kind of like that tpi pretty much fms but dude they would just they would just kill it it was amazing um but then you require some level of output. They just don't have it. Some of the men's golfers did, but it's like, so then their issue was not like length with the ball. It's just like, they can't freaking keep the ball on the, on the green, <laughs> on the fairway, you know? Yeah. It's an ability. There, there's a skill output continuum. I think that most, most golfers are probably going to hit in the elite level. People do both well. And that's obviously an extremely small percentage. When I golf, I'm slicing it all over the place. There, there's, there's zero <laughs> yeah. straight lines happening. From my, golf my golfing is going to top golf and just trying to hit the back net as many times as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, it's kind of dangerous, but if you kept the left heel down, you'll be good. Just don't pivot at all. <laughs> just roll with it. I used to golf a lot. I got into it because I just hit balls, you know, but growing up in Wisconsin, it's like, you take uh, you take ten balls out to the field and with the driver and just hit them as far as you can. It's like I know where that went, and then you get out there and you come back with one ball. You know, I have like, no idea where that went. <laughs> <laughs> that is gone forever. So it's like, all right, we're we're gonna stop doing that because we're running out of golf balls. You know, stealing golf balls from driving range, so we yeah. can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So after, so what's in the future plans? Like what, what's post Dunk Nomad or is Dunk Nomad just going to be the thing moving forward? Are you forever, man? Because, because I think, I think, uh, well, that's what I'm going to say. At least I think the, the traction that I can get or the, the sales, whatever, whatever metric that I judge by is going to be my own individual results, you know? Um, or I guess the results I can get for other people, but, uh, what's next? That's what I'm still, that's what I'm still doing. I'm 30. Maybe when I'm 40, I think differently, but I'll still want to dunk basketballs. I still can get bigger. You know, my legs are big enough. I don't care about that. Uh, my upper body, my biceps need to get bigger, triceps, shoulders. 
my back is massive. My chest is massive. You know, um, it's all about that. And it's about dunking. And then it's about, um, actually it's about becoming the, the one dude in the entire world that has so much knowledge on the patellar tendon that I stand out against everyone else. <laughs> Just the patellar tendon expert. Yes. He is the guy. I like yep. it. I like it. All things and, patellar tendon go to Jacob. Yep. That's what, that's what it is. That's, that's literally like, that's, that's the one thing for me, like, if I read stuff on hypertrophy, I just get, I get bored so fast. If I read vertical jump, I get bored. Uh, but like patellar tendon research, I never get bored. I can read that forever. I don't know why that is. Um, maybe I have such an attachment because I had it for like three years. And then I also have been dealing with it off and on my other knee. Um, and when you like dunking or when you like jumping, like that's, that is and you're like a dopamine dominant person. Like that's the only activity that you want to do. And you can't do it. You can, you literally can't. That's the only activity that also hurts. Um, sometimes it hurts like sitting in a car or maybe squatting and stuff like that. But it's like you are just held back from your activity because the pain is there. And then you go to the doctor and it's like rest, ice, uh, compress, elevate. We'll see how you feel. And I, I think for most kids who have like a, an acute case of it, that will work. Like just resting it, just taking the, the stimulus away if they just have a very short term thing. Especially if they're a younger kid, they adapt, they can recover, adapt so fast. But if you take that advice and it doesn't work after like one week or two weeks and you just keep doing it over and over and over, you're never going to get better. Um, so you need to get into some form of loading program. But it still seems like the advice out there sucks. It's like doing body weight eccentric training, um, just doing this very low stimulus stuff. Like just thinking of like the stiffness of your muscle compared to the stiffness of your, your tendon or your, even your patellar tendon because it's like down between two bones. It's like you're doing body weight eccentrics. You are not stimulating that thing enough. Um, so yeah, it's getting that, it's getting that advice out there. And, and also, I mean, you got people in the knee pain world. That's just like these arbitrary standards that people need to hit, which are completely made up. Um, so it's hopefully people can, and this is the issue. You got these kids who, who like dunking or these young kids and they want like, tell me exactly what to do. And it's like, no, the whole idea is I cannot tell you exactly what to do because everyone responds differently. Um, so it's, 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 it's me hoping that kids, uh, can, can understand that you need to understand yourself better and not just get this workout sheet of what to do. So what you're telling me is that I can't just get a blanket answer that's going to work for everybody every single time. So I have to actually think about things instead of just applying a check, like a, like a yes or no checklist. Is that what you're saying? Cause that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not doing that. It sounds like a lot of work and I don't want to do any of that stuff. I need you to think for me, dude. Yeah. That's, that's, but that is the problem. Actually. Like I, I need to come up with something like that. I, and I haven't figured it out yet. I need to come up with something of like your, your quad should be like this and your calf should be like this. And you should be able to hold this exercise for this long and you should be able to do this with this amount of pain, you know, and all these benchmarks that people can go off of, but I just don't have it in me to make that up because I know that it's just, it, it, the, anything to back that there's nothing that could back that. Yeah, fuck yeah. things like morphology and just like body, like height and weight and all of these other factors. Training age and injury history. No, it's just this or this. Yeah. That's yep. how it actually is. Yep. If you I mean, can't the, do, if you can't do uh, twenty body weight sissy squats, then you do not deserve to jump. Yeah. Maybe it's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I think that's actually how you frame it, though, right? Where it's not so much like requirements. It's like if you can't do this, you don't deserve it. If you can't do this, you don't deserve it. Yeah, and kind yeah. of go down that list. And maybe that's the difference between you and like some of the physical therapists, like the pain science people where they're, they're giving kind of like the minimum arbitrary standards. Like you said, like, oh, a 20 second eccentric on like a split squat or something. 
Whereas you can be like, Hey, like if you can't search or squat four Oh five, like you don't deserve to go out there and try to dunk. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And if it hurts your elbows, don't be soft. Be soft. <laughs> I would say, I would say, okay. The problem, the problem with the patellar tendon thing and that's like why it's different than the other things. Um, dude, even upper body tendons, people try to ask me like, what do I do for my elbow tendon opti whatever. And I was listening to Ebony Rio on some on podcast. She was saying it's like a, a dog's breakfast. You ever heard that term? dog's breakfast no, no. like a mixed like a mixed bag like it makes no sense you know yeah. like you don't know what's going on uh she's saying that with like the elbow tendinopathies because people can get the elbow tendinopathies from like typing on a typewriter or something oh yeah or and just like, leaning on their elbow like on yeah yeah so like the treatment there is like i kind of go hands off there even like shoulder stuff like what can i do for my rotator cuff it's like uh, anything that loads the area for 30 45 seconds if you're talking <laughs> isometric simple enough but i can't get any more in depth than that i'm sorry i just don't care uh, but the, the patella tendon thing is, is so, I guess, so difficult because it's like, you're gonna, you'd never want to use it. You never want to do anything, but you can always go and dunk and play basketball. All you got to do is warm up. If you just do it, if you do a good enough warm up, five, 10, 15 minutes, you can, these athletes who have extreme pain, they can get to the point where they don't have any pain and they can still do the activity, which is then going to kill you the next day. And your knees is going to blow up again. And then it's like, you go through the process again and again and again. And those basketball players often they hate lifting they hate anything like that so it's like the thing they need to do is get in the weight room improve the tissue tolerance of that area um like tell the brain that it's okay to use that um in that manner and then they can start to heal over time but they just don't want to do it and then if you have doctors telling you that you should rest and ice it's just like wow this uh you're screwed yeah you're screwed (laughs) just a whole lot of confirmation bias going on like "Ah, i told you lifting wasn't the way to go about this I need to just sit on my couch until it's time to go play ball and then just go in cold and see what happens. But dude, I, you know, <laughs> I think, I think the reason, like maybe I come across that way, like online when people ask me questions and I'm kind of like uh, dismissive or short with them um, is, is a lot of the ways that I behave now are because I see my, my past self in the people that are responding, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, quit acting that way. You know, like that's going to get you nowhere in life. And th- I talk so bad, poorly about the um, resting and icing and the tendon issues because it's like, when I had the patellar tendon issue on my right side, I looked up everything. And this was like the time Kelly Strett was coming out. Oh, yeah. Kelly Strett. Yeah, he was like, do the couch stretch to lengthen the quads, um, probably stretch the calves too for like knee health. And then he was also, that was before he was against icing because he used to be for icing. And he was like, freeze a cup of ice and then rub the area with the ice cup like mm-hmm. 10 minutes, do it three, four times a day. So I did this for months. I stretched, I couch stretched uh my my quad for like 10 minutes a day i did the the calf stretching i did the glute activation i iced my knee i pretty much did everything to avoid loading my knee loading my mm. quad and my patellar tendon um and it did not work at all yeah. and then it's... i ended up getting i ended up getting surgery because i my my own rehab and even the pt rehab did not work so i'm like surgery has to help and surgery didn't do anything you know it just it uh just made me and the, the problem with that surgery is you got to keep the legs straight for like a month after that, mm-hmm. like patellar tendon surgery. So it's like, you can't do anything for a month really. And it, man, I was even like going to basketball games after that and like trying to get down the bleachers and like, I couldn't bend my knee. I was like, I'm surprised I didn't fall over, like break my freaking <laughs> skull open or something. Um, but yeah, then, then it, then it became the knowledge of loading the area, like actually doing uh, knee flexion, knee extension exercises. And that's what paid off. But yeah, these kids dude. there's the, the emotional side too of like, your knee hurts, your patellar tendon hurts, and it hurts when you load it. So you just want to rest. You don't mm-hmm. want to do anything. And you could even watch like a person's gait pattern and they're like walking on uh, like a stiff leg, you know, like the oh, knee, yeah. the knee just gets like screw home. It just gets locked. And it's like, you're basically limping. You're like got a peg leg, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. everything about the whole, the whole thing is wrong. 
but I, what you said about the um the you have to do this before you can deserve this like that's one of the problems with like when you have the patellar tendon pain and you have uh you can dunk basketball still like you can often go out and dunk fine but if i ask you to jog or do any type mm-hmm. of like lower intensity thing you're gonna look messed up you know yeah. you're gonna look like, like jill cook is like if you do the isometrics and the isotonics and everything, but you still hop like a duck, that's what you're saying, like the function. If you're still hopping like a duck, you are not any better. Like you have to regain the function of the tendon and do it in a progressive manner. If you just go, I did all this lifting for a prolonged period of time, and now I'm going to go dunk again. It's like, that is such a huge, a huge jump. And it's just going to blow up again. It's just going to get extreme. You're getting extreme pain. The function of your leg, of your tendon, everything is all messed up. The kinetic chain is all messed up. So it's like get the tissue tolerance progressively get back into into dunking and then you're going to be good off but um i i think for me personally uh or even recently like looking at the biomechanics approach like the pri like we talked mm-hmm. so poorly about the stuff it's like <laughs> these type of but these type of athletes who get the jumpers name are usually going to be very good athletes you know mm-hmm. like for myself like i still deal with the left side it's like if i go and if i'm zercher squatting 450 and then i'm telling you that i have like really bad patellar tendon pain you'd be like seriously like you just did that. And now you think that your solution is to lay on the floor and do a left hamstring yeah. bridge and breathe in your, breathe in your whatever side you're supposed to breathe on. You know, <laughs> you know? like, like that is not going to work for me. You know, yeah. that might work. That might work for a 90 year old lady who has like uh, whatever patellofemoral pain or something. Yeah. Uh, but no, that is not working for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's I think the real answer here is that you're just zerturing too much weight and we need to drop it down to about like 20 to 40 kilos and then we'll be good. Uh, uh, well, dude, it's, it's, you know what? It's starting to hurt my elbows. So I might do that. <laughs> what, what did you I say to that one guy? Pad. Have you tried not being soft? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, why actually, they make those what, bar pads. Just use the bar pad. You know what? One guy asked me, I haven't got back to him yet. He asked me on my most recent one. He was like, aren't you concerned about the nerves that run through the whatever whatever term radio brachial something yeah i never got back to him because i was trying to think of something really creative to say i was just like <laughs> you know like like not because i because i felt like i could say something in a, to a point where i'm like dude i don't care about nerves you know i don't want to come across that way um but also in a way of like come on man that's like, not my primary no concern. no no what i what i'm what i think i'll say is you don't have to worry about it because you will never exert your squat 455. Uh, that's <laughs> just go with the just go with the Ronnie Coleman like yep. uh, respect. It's like everybody wants to uh, exert your 455, but they don't want to uh, upset their radial nerves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't want to feel that have that painful ass nerve pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think this is what we talk about too, like the with with the low level stuff like this is kind of the realization that we came to working with like so many power lifters is it's very much the same thing is the stimulus threshold is so different with any of this thing that there's no carryover there's no way it's going to carry over you're not even operating with gravity when you're on the ground doing something so to think that you can then carry over those positions or those orientations with either like high load lifting or something that's very power and velocity based like jumping um, or sprinting for that matter is super misguided when you just look at like just stimulus accommodation, right? Like you have to be able to somehow replicate that level of intensity within your training if you want any carryover at all. And I think that's like, that's why I appreciate so much of your stuff is just because it's like, you just have like a lot of people just flat out don't train hard enough. And when something hurts even a little bit, instead of leaning into it and identifying 
like, hey, this might hurt because it's just not strong enough. They completely avoid it with everything else, or they try to uh, augment every exercise around it, right? And it's just like, no, you probably just, just like any other system, you probably just need to stress that system a little bit more and immerse it within, you know, stimulus. And then it's going to under, you know, from a, from a neural standpoint, because that's what pain is, right? Your body's going to understand that it's like, oh, it's okay to be in that position under that level of stress. And it's probably good, you know, moving forward. Uh, Cause we see this all the time with like, I'm older than you guys, but for 15 years, the entire industry was, you know, like you can't put your knees over your toes. Everything has to be sitting back. Everything was avoiding any kind of stress on the front side of the knee. Like the whole industry was terrified of it and every trainer promoted that. And now it's the tide is shifting a little bit, but you still have a doctors and people in the medical field. They're like, no, you can't do that. Like your, your knees will literally explode and you're going to be in pain forever. You like, will probably be in a wheelchair for the rest of your and, life. And here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I even think doctors know better, but they also like, I also think doctors know who they're working with oftentimes. And they're just like, oh, well, you're not actually going to train this the right way. And I, I might as well tell you to be super conservative about it. So you're not in acute pain all the time. Yeah, dude, the, uh, that's like the, the landing mechanics thing where it's like, you know, the, the snap downs. Can you talk about snap downs? Can we talk um, about snap downs? <laughs> Well, actually here. So, so I told you like the, the patellar tendon issues, like this is why I've, I've gained a lot of benefit because I've had such negative experiences through, through the patellar tendon issues, you know, and, and now I've developed uh, quite a bit of knowledge that I can help other people or even deal with my own issues. But the, so this was at, this was at the university was, oh, there we go. <laughs> He's probably being robbed again. <laughs> he, he, does he like landing mechanics? Is he mad at me or what? He, he does like landing mechanics. Um, but he's got four legs to, to balance it out. Yeah. Like he, he's got, he can disperse into all like four different patellar tendons. So it doesn't matter. Like the actual like landing surface area and the dispersion is way different than a human being. So he doesn't have to worry about pain or just like fall on your back. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's and, a French bull. No he also does not jump very high. Oh yeah. But if you like drop him, you know, you know, roll it's, through the legs, land on the back. That's, yeah. that's good landing technique. Like you see, you see it in uh, like NBA. It's like, uh, landing properly. And it's like some of these dudes land on one leg and then they just fall on their back. And it's like, that's a very good landing technique. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, you just flip <laughs> on over, <laughs> but you're not testing that in the weight room, you know? Um, so anyways, the, the, the landing mechanics part came in actually because at my, at the university, it was like one of the reasons I was pulled in, was the women's team had like multiple ACL tears the year prior. I think they had three ACL tears the year prior, women's basketball. And the, the head coach wanted a different strength coach. The, the other guy that was before him was, you can't blame him, but like he was a good dude. They just happen sometimes, you know? Uh, so he brought me in partly because I'm like a younger dude. I can like be, like be hype for him, you know? The other guy was just like more chill environment. Like girls doing a set of squats and like just chilling on the bench for like five minutes. And he first thing I ask is coach is like, what do you want on it? He's like, I want them sweating. I want them working hard. And it's like in my brain, like, well, that's kind of stupid, but okay, we can do that. You know? So it's like, if you do a set of squats, you're going to be doing like French contrast between or something between you're not going to be chilling on the bench because coach doesn't like that. And coach is the one writing my paycheck. Um, so the, uh, but anyways, so they brought this company and it's called SES. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that stability enhancement systems. It's like an ACL prevention thing. It's like yeah. this girl who's a PT and she has her assistant. So she, she has went to multiple universities and runs, basically runs. It's, she comes in for one day. 
um, yeah, comes up for one day, basically runs the FMS screen, um, like a few of the exercises, like bird dog, overhead squat, inline lunge. The important um, ones. And, and uh, the, standardization, the standardization is not very good. But even if the standardization was good, I don't think there's much use. Mm-mm. And then it's like some hopping tasks. Like one of the hops is like in the lane, hop on, hop on the left leg and then hop on the right leg, hop on the left, hop on the right, and then take a video of it and then see where their knees are, you know? And even in an exercise like that, of course their knees are going to be in because they're hopping laterally. <laughs> and then one of the other ones was a tuck jump, like a five tuck jump, I think. And then film that too. And the nature of a tuck jump is elastic. You're trying to get off as fast mm-hmm. as you can. You're not really using the hips either uh, or like bending at the waist. You're staying upright. So then film that, find the screenshot of the position where they're the most valgus and then use that one. Um, and then, so the first year they did it, they sent the PDF. I didn't even see the PDF of like the results. And then they were given like different exercises to do every day, five days a week or something like that. Like, like stuff with Swiss balls, stuff with Bosu balls, foam rolling, um, banded glute stuff and it was kind of it was individualized or at least it was individualized and then uh they ran through that okay but they just go through the motions most of the time and i'm not going to be the one to enforce the quality of the repetition because i don't believe it in the first place um but then the second year they did it again and they sent the pdf to me and they also sent it to our head trainer and our head trainer um which is one of the reasons i left i did not get along with the guy athletic trainer um he gets a PDF and he messaged me like, dude, because the PDF said all the girls are prone for ACL tears. Every single girl on the team all is high them. risk for ACL tears. And he messaged me like, are you not doing any neuromuscular reeducation with training? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. But I was like, I was thinking we were on the same page. And I was like, dude, but I mean, I think we both understand how limiting my role is and how these, the, the, the tests that they ran on us, how limiting those are to predict, predict an ACL tear. And then the email back was, I completely disagree. I'm going to print off all these studies for you to look at, you know, and then brought it in my office, all these like systematic reviews, which were really, that doesn't tell me much at all. Um, Because, well, first of all, if you're going to try to prove it with studies, please give me a study of thousands of division one women's basketball athletes and this geriatrics. Yeah, dude, like (laughs) the the group really matters. So um, those were kind of out the window. And then, I just realized we're not going to find, I'm not going to find common ground with this guy. And if anything, he's like kind of my boss. So I need to make sure that I'm doing something, you know, like I'm going to do, I, I lasted a little bit doing like jump up, someone push you land in a land in a thing, you know, knees out. I did that for like a week. And then I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> but for me, for me, it was like a time for, for about a week. I went home and I was just really like stressed out about this, you know, because I've been doing at the time I've been doing this for like seven years and you're telling me that I don't I'm incompetent at what I do you know that's basically what you're telling me and I'm like is there really this whole area that I'm missing on ACL prevention that I just have no knowledge about so um luckily Instagram I was on Instagram message Darian Barr message like Justin Moore message a bunch of guys about what 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 ha- had happened and I'm like am I really wrong for thinking that I'm not going to change these things and yeah that was when like I got kind of a lot closer with the Darian and he just said, he just kept sending me videos of like inside edge, people landing with their knees in, people like jumping with their knees, touching um, all of this crazy stuff and never getting hurt. It's and like, then that was when, and then we had a woman soccer coach too, who, who is knowledgeable about, about physiology was also like, dude, this is garbage. Like, like, do they seriously think they're, they're preventing injuries with this garbage? No, you're not. So it was like that whole experience was very negative for me for a while but it forced me to, to completely change my paradigm and understand that 
anytime, I would say anytime anyone says the phrase ACL prevention, you're an idiot. You have mm. no, you have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, because you, you'd never know the cause. You would never yeah. know the cause of the ACL tear. Injury um, prevention in general is yeah. a garbage, um, garbage concept. So, so, but the thing was like the snap downs was like you test the landing te- or even the jumping technique. And it's like, yes, you have the triple, triple flexion, triple extension, but you also go down, you externally rotate, you have a moment of internal rotation, you go back to external, you come up. And it's like, let's just take pronation and internal rotation out of the jump and let's down do that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we can't do that anymore. It's like, dude, that is idiotic. And if, if, you, if you let the athlete jump without coaching them that way, they would never do that. Mm-hmm. They would never be successful. And if you want them to, like, if you want them to do that in sports, our team's going to suck. But they're not going to do that. It's like the Franz Bosch thing where it's like the brain is – the body is smarter that when it gets input from a coach, it just is like, I'm going to get rid of this as soon as possible mm-hmm. and do what matters, which is what is in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole, the whole snap down thing is like, I would say this though, is that girls with like patellofemoral pain or athletes, cause guys can get it too. If they just land off like a 12 inch box and you see this crazy valgus collapse, that's a lot more like patellofemoral stress. That's pro- like weird on the inside. So they're probably more likely to get patellofemoral pain. Is it more likely to cause an ACL? Maybe it is because they would, if they present with that crazy valgus. Um, but it's more likely to cause a patellofemoral pain but I wouldn't say that you should go and do this, the landing technique. All that's telling me that you jumped off a 12 inch box and your knees touched is that you're just an awful athlete. You yeah, know? You're, you have strong. terrible body control. You're just not go very and strong. Do other things. Yeah. yeah. You're just not yeah, very strong. Get in the weight room or, or expose yourself to other type of movements, other type of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're jumping off this box and your knees are just touching, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think doing, doing five reps of that, is going to transfer when you get on the sports and do 5,000 reps of a jump in your natural way, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really just surprised that that is still around, but the benefit is when I see those posts, it gives me content to post on my vertical jump page. You know, that's, that's I, always the benefit. I, I mean, I love it when you go on like a story roll and it's just like all these athletes landing awkwardly on one leg or like, you know, just with like, knee like internal rotation and falling and then getting up and running down the court and being totally fine it's like yeah this is trainable totally trainable you know it's snap downs like this is the way to this is definitely the it's it's the sorry it's the it's like the uh the survivorship bias thing you know oh yeah 100 but it's maybe it's like the reverse because it's like we only look at the dude who tore his acl and then we say he was in a valgus position but it's like there were one million situations of the Mm -hmm. same time they were in a valgus position and they didn't blow their ACL. Yeah. So please use a little bit of critical thinking to realize you are an idiot for believing this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the same thing that happens with, with just weightlifting and training in general is like there are thousands and thousands of squats performed every single day. And the one time you see like an elite level power lifter break his knee under a one rep max squat, people just jump into the comments like, see, I told you lifting was dangerous. Or, or even, a novice per- <laughs> even a novice person who, you know, has a lower, like a, a, a again, a, a hopefully a non-serious, like lower back injury because they fall into too much extension. Like, oh, extension's terrible. And it's like that one time, like, sure. Like, but again, like. How many other times did they do it? Yeah. Was that their 10th rep of ten, of four sets of 10? Like, yeah, what was happening? On, on like their 16th week of like a yeah. peaking phase. And like, you know, and maybe they didn't sleep well the night before. Maybe they had, maybe they were constipated and couldn't brace properly. Like, who fucking knows? Like, it's so multifactorial. Like, that's like the, um, like, I love the the Kevin Durant, Durant Achilles tear, like back, you know, a couple of years ago, where it was just like, okay, that's literally a jab step and a move that that guy has made 
a million times throughout his career and never had an injury. You think that's the reason? Yes. That he hurt himself. <laughs> like, yes. like, what are we yes. talking about here? It's like, there's nothing worse to me than strength and conditioning coaches, like cherry picking injuries to prove a point. Like that is the epitome of like scumbaggery in no, this it, field for me. It kills yeah. me. The best and is you know when what? they do like the freeze frames of somebody who hasn't even injured themselves of something that happened like weeks oh, and weeks. Oh, before. bro. You're talking about Goda now. You're talking about yeah. still, still shot in the Wodas. Yeah. <laughs> just still shotting like one half of like, Look, it proves my point. I was right. <laughs> my favorite is like so there's a there's a page called go to weightlifting right now that's just trolling them and they they're like posting pictures of like conor mcgregor and they're like look he's a woda and like muhammad ali being a woda and it's awesome like that is my favorite like look at um, all these terrible terrible athletes here's lebron james the worst athlete in the nba of all time <laughs> well dude going back to uh the trainer i told you i didn't get along with you know he actually brought the go-to guys in and they talked to our staff once. No. <laughs> yeah. God. One of the go-to guys. I don't know who it was. Um, but I blocked the, all of them. Did on you just sit media. there with your hand raised the entire <laughs> no, time? I wasn't. I actually missed the talk. I somehow missed the talk. I got the, I got the wrong timing of when it was happening. They, but they I told you the they wrong They sent you the purpose. wrong information, Jake. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to tell that, you this, man. Um, um, you were doing because, a dunk because, session somewhere. They were just like, oh, yeah, yeah Jake missed it. Like, oh, we yeah. met 1130, not 130. Sorry, typo. Because uh, <laughs> one, time, one time I was make, I made a video, like an old Instagram post, and uh, I was doing hurdle hops. And like the hurdle hop elastic, my feet like go inwards. You know, I, I pronate to get up. My knees come in a little bit. And I was talking about how that's a natural thing. And then our trainer actually commented on it and said, I'm shredding my Achilles. I'm shredding my ACL. And then he tagged Goda in it. And I was like, well, first of all, you don't even follow me, bro. And also, why don't you just tell me to come down to your office and have a conversation yeah, can with you? We, can, you know? How about we just not air this out on social media? Because now, yeah, like, now I have to call you an idiot in public. And that's not going <laughs> to look good for either one of us. Now I have to come uh, down to your office and slap you in the face in front of everybody. It's going to look really bad. <laughs> but, okay, ultimately, I think, um, like, if, if me and him, I guess if me and him were to have get anywhere, I think we would have to – like I, I would have to get see some skin in the game from him and say, okay, what is the team you work with? It's football. How many ACL injuries did you have last year? Cause it should be zero. If you're saying like you have mm-hmm. the answers for everything, it should be absolutely zero. And I don't think that would happen. I think you would have a scapegoat. Well, we didn't manage their nutrition and their sleep, but I did all the proper things in the training room. And like, dude, come on. Uh, but, but you know what you always see, cause I got some friends who work NBA and, mm-hmm. and part of it is like, they can never post, they barely ever can post oh, social yeah. media, they but they'll never be critical of, of any other NBA injury or something. It's always the people with no skin in the game mm-hmm. that have no athletes that are, are training in a professional setting like NBA yeah. that will call out these type of athletes. Or what they'll do is like, they've worked with that pro athlete for like two months and then they get in season, they get injured. And then the guy who trained them for the two months is like, man, it's such a shame that I couldn't have been there training him because, and basically saying that the strength staff on that team is an idiot or idiots. And they were the one that caused injury. It's like, how about we just admit that it's kind of unnatural for us, for a human being to play whatever it is, 82 games of basketball and travel across the Mm -hmm. the country doing it, you know, like injuries are probably just going to happen. Maybe we shouldn't be crossing five time zones to play four games in, you know, five days on a road trip and, yeah, my not. favorite is when something exactly like you just said happens when you talk about why like why they have ACL injuries, even though they're doing all the right stuff. And they're like, well, we didn't control their sleep and nutrition. They're like, oh, so you're admitting that injuries are multifactorial and not just from what you're doing. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. It's it's <laughs> uh, it's mostly weight. 
I don't understand this. And like yeah. you can just see their brain just like shut down. It's awesome. <laughs> it only works for uh, me, not against me. You yeah, don't exactly. I don't know how this conversation. As works. soon as there's like any other scapegoat, you're like, so you agree that this is just not how it's going to be then. No. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's like the, um, the, uh, what you see is all there is. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if you're, if you're looking, if you're looking for it or like, it's the only thing, you know, then it is the only thing that you know. Well, you, you know what they say about else. having it when you have a hammer, right? When all you have is a hammer, everything you see is a nail. Yeah. But dude, dude, the, the, you know, what's it's like the landing mechanics thing or like the whole Vagus thing. It was, it's so interesting to me because it's like, I, all I had to do was go to like a woman's soccer game and spend five minutes watching to realize that <laughs> those ideas are so stupid. Just watch them play. They're hitting these positions over and over. Yeah. And you're saying that they're dangerous and more likely to get hurt. And ultimately injuries are extremely rare for the amount of time they're playing sport. That, that's you know? the thing is injury thing. that people don't understand. It's like when you look at movement actions and you look at the sheer amount of people that play sports across the board. And then you look at injuries, you're talking about a percentage of a percentage of occurrence. Like it's not even close to being prevalent in any way. And again, we're going to hyper-focus on the negative because that's what human beings do. And that's how we market ourselves, but it's absolutely ridiculous. And like, that's the same thing with, I've told people before, like, Hey, like what's this athletes like individual, like training limiter. I'm like, have you ever watched them actually play their sport because you'll find out really quickly like what you'll their see. training limiter is like <laughs> it's like watch them play their sport like it probably has nothing to do with a weight room you know from that perspective like a lot look at the context of what they're actually training for and you'll probably have a much better idea of like what's happening what's going on well you know what the reason why uh derrick rose got hurt was because he only planted off the same plant over and over and jordan was balanced he was fine He's and kobe kobe was balanced he was fine but you know what if we use that same logic kobe also tore his achilles so you know maybe the plants aren't the right thing maybe towards achilles derrick rose towards acl it's like you know because like we use that logic we could if we use that okay if we use that logic um Joel Embiid, he, he, I've seen before that he gets a massage and he's eating a cheeseburger before a game, and he's in the race for the MVP. So, like, if you're playing basketball and you're out there, please eat a cheeseburger, get a massage before the game, and you, you will be so much better. Well, it's like uh, when everybody like – every, every six months or so, the LeBron squat airs around social <laughs> media, right? We all know what, which one I'm talking about now. And and somebody the one asked, that I'm sure he's just doing at this point for a reaction from. Well, now it, no, it's the same picture from like eight years ago where yeah. he's he's squatting like 185. His feet are literally in a sumo stance. He's got a huge amount of just like lumbar extension, thoracic extension, and he's not even coming close to hitting parallel. And somebody asked me once, like they're like, oh, like what do you think this means, like as far as injury risk? And I was like, all this tells me is because he's the best basketball player on the planet that squatting does not matter for shit when it comes to actually playing basketball. Like that's all this means to me. Like if I'm looking at correlation with squat and I'm watching him play basketball, this guy jumps 50 inches in the fucking air as a 250 pound human being. I don't care what he squats and the way he squats probably doesn't matter. Dude. But you know what is part of the problem is um, when I was at college, if you would have said that, and I'm trying to get men's basketball players to like want to lift. Yeah. I would never want to hear that. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. but, but the thing is, I think if you could start the conversation and I, I wasn't, I never got to that point, but I think if you could start that conversation of like, 
this really of what it is, what is the point of doing all this stuff, you know? And then you don't have to lie to them and like try to use justifications of like, look at Giannis's uh, transformation from being looking mm-hmm. small to looking super big. And now he's great in the NBA. But I, I was trying to find this, but I couldn't. I was like, I want to find guys who, who look like a twig coming into the NBA and they got freaking jacked and they just suck. Yeah, no. You could have used my college pictures for that, where I just got more, more unathletic as I put on pounds. That was yeah. <laughs> the way to, that's the way to do it. Uh, um, dude, because the same thing with, uh, with, ba- with the NCAA tournament, Baylor and Gonzaga. Yeah. They're like, Baylor trained with the men, looks like they trained with the men's <laughs> football team. And then you have every college strength coach being like sharing this tweets to yeah. be like that, the importance of the weight room, the importance of physical development. And I guess part of it too is probably the pressure from coaches because I know head coaches watch the tournament and those head coaches are going to go to their strength coach and say, Baylor, we're freaking animals and I need you to train like Baylor trained. So I need you to reach out to Baylor and do the exact program they did. And it's like this, this level of like incompetence or, or just flawed thinking, why does it still exist in sports? Like it makes no sense. Like, how, but, but I think the, the problem is, is administrators are hiring these people and administrators don't have any clue what goes mm. into a competent head coach or a competent sport coach. So you get people that come in that just have a decorated resume. Oh yeah. yeah. They got all yeah, that. Well, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is like you look at the, when I was a hiring manager at my old job, like you would look at the people who had the most decorated resumes with the most education and the most certifications and everything done. They have the, le- the worst like application of like, the, like no experience and they can't apply any of the concept that they've learned to any of the people that they're working with. Like, I had some people from, from um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name, but uh, they work with Google and they do some like continuing education work with my former company. Um, it was a big athlete development group and they would just come in and just train all these like gen pop people, like elite athletes. And like, these people are dying. It's like, this guy's 70 pounds overweight. He doesn't need to be doing any of this stuff. Like, Tre- what are treadmill you repeats this? probably aren't the best yeah, thing for it. Not the guys. greatest idea. Like this dude's heart rate is 140 beats per minute walking up the stairs. Like not a good idea. (laughs) But like, that's, that's what it looks like though. Cause like any kind of administrator, any kind of person like that is looking for the most dedicated, like decorated resume possible, but they don't look at the actual experience of what the person can, can bring to the table. Um, dude, the, uh, my friend, uh, uh, Scott, he was at William and Mary. I don't know if you guys are familiar with William and Mary. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't say it on here. He was telling me some horror stories working for the coach. It's like, cause, cause the, the level, I won't use that exact example, but like the level that most, I would say most coaches and, and my experience is kind of limited. I, I worked college for like um, seven years, maybe, but it's like their, their idea, like any men's basketball head coach would see Baylor win and say, strength coach, you better be taking notes, you know? Like yeah. that's their level of, that's their level of understanding of, or mm-hmm. I would say even, I bet you even with drills, I bet you even with mm-hmm. their style of play is just like, what's, what did the successful people do? And let's copy that. And it's like, that's why um, I read uh, Daniel Kahneman's book while yep. like, thinking fast or slow. That's such a good book, but he was, it was like the, he was talking about luck and like, we, well, first of all, we don't deal well with like non-events, like things that mm-hmm. didn't happen. But if you look at Google, like for being so successful, you look at uh, Apple for being so successful, it's like, how much of this was attributed to luck? And no one could ever answer that. And it's like, how much of Baylor's success was attributed to luck? Yeah. We don't know. But when you put that in, when you, when you factor that in, then you have to, you have to use less of what they did as the, the uh, attributing their success just because of what they did. It could have been some lucky event that happened. You know, it could have been that uh, 
I don't know. Could have been that one dude on Gonzaga just didn't shoot well, you know? Oh, yeah. Something happened at their hotel. They didn't get good sleep, something like that. You, you never know. Well, in basketball, again, you're talking about so many players and then a, a very dynamic, reactive game where, that, I mean, that's why the pros play series because everybody knows that in professional basketball that even the worst team in the league can beat the best team in the league in any single game, right? You see it all the time. College basketball is very much the same thing. You see upsets all the time, right? You see one seeds and two seeds. Like you saw again, multiple upsets within the tournament. Like a, a 13 seed made the Elite Eight. Do we really think they were a top 10 team? In, well, you in know the why? Because they're freaking animals in the weight room. They're animals in the weight room. There wasn't That's a single it. guy That's on that team that weighed more than 215 pounds. Like if you watch the video, right? You know, just like, <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, like Baylor won that game and it, and even going into the game, like everybody, all the people who know basketball were like, this is the worst possible matchup for Gonzaga because they don't have the bigs to handle Baylor. Like they just they didn't have a deep enough bench and Baylor just has a huge bench and like they're pulling 6'10", like animals straight off the bench that guys that don't even start. And it's just like, they just have a rotating uh, rotation of these guys that Gonzaga's not built to handle. What if here, what if Gonzaga had like a Steph Curry and you just shoot threes, you need the big guys, the big guys are going to score twos. You're going to score threes, you know, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just, you got to score the ball. You got to score the ball more than the other team. And that's what matters. Um, Dude. I wonder um, with the Baylor example, it's like, okay, Baylor was, 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 were animals in the weight room or they're, they're physical. Um, And I guess the way we're talking, I bet you strength coaches would be like, oh, are you talking against physical development? No, I'm not. I'm just for the right, for the wrong reason. We're we're talking about critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of rare in the, in the strength field, but it's a hard concept. (laughs) But the, um, the, uh, dude, how many, how many teams within uh, the 64 teams, right? How many teams within that 64 were just as physically good as Baylor and they didn't even make it out of the freaking first round, you know? So it's like, how much does it matter? It, it matters that you can score the ball. And if size helps you score the ball, then cool. But, yeah, and you um, have a good game. You have a good dude, game. I, I the other guys have a bad game. Just, I, post, uh, I posted that example of uh, Kevin Durant on my story. Of like, uh, did, yeah. did you guys see that? Oh, my yeah. God, that was amazing. Of his, when he went to the NBA Combine. And oh, he goes yeah. down to, to bench 185. And he can't do a single rep. And he, Kevin Durant, I never even seen this until recently. He was giving his take on the whole thing. He's like, these guys were laughing at me. You know, he's like, I f- he's like, just give me a ball. Just give me a ball in my hands. I want to play basketball. You know? yeah. And these, these strength coaches were all like giggling, whatever. And he's like, he was just so pissed about it. And it's like, ultimately, it doesn't matter for him. You know, it might matter for like a Ben Wallace or some guy that needs to play a more forceful style of play. But for Kevin Durant, it doesn't matter. He's one of the best players in the world. And mm-hmm. he can't bench just 185 for one. Um, so like, Dude, it's, yeah, critical thinking, but uh, I guess it's just kind of hard to do. We'd rather not do it. <laughs> it I mean, the, the problem is it is hard. It's, it literally physiologically uses more energy, you know, and it's, it's the problem with it in, in fitness is you can't sell critical thinking. Yeah. Like the, you, you have to take a stance on something if you want to be able to market your ideas or your products or your services or whatever. Like, like you said, this is why you're having like, it's hard to create like the, the guide that you want to create because it's like, everybody is different. Everybody is coming to you as N of ones regarding training age and regarding tissue tolerance and regarding injury history and, you know, morphology and, and whatever, where it's like, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're literally going to have to learn concepts and then start figuring shit out and figure out what works for you, figure out what that limiter is. Cause it might be strength training. It might just be trying to dunk more. I have no idea. It might be ISOs. 
Maybe. Who knows? It might be it might, super boring, might be, extensive pogos. <laughs> but it Kyle, might be that you they can't they put need... a red check and a green, uh, a red X and a green check. I, you know, I love green checks and it's red X's. Sell. That's my yeah, favorite Instagram not, thing. It's not going to sell. Do this, not that. Love it. Oh, you, do you use the checks? I have no, noticed, I oh. hate it. I hate the, <laughs> no, checks, the checks more are, than the checks anything. Are awful. Yeah. The checks and the X's. Yeah, yeah I might check. have to. I might have to. I might have to start using that. Just, just. No, I mean, scroll, if you start, this it. is this is our business. Our business model for you though is you start using the checks and the X's for this, and on every X, you can just like if you do this, you're probably soft. Yeah. Or you don't. Or you <laughs> well, don't deserve it. You don't you do this. It, you don't deserve soft. it. I had yeah. a, I had a few posts back in the day. I should have been using these checks. It was like it was like keys to shoulder development, and uh, it was a list, but it was just good lighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then i had one for uh calf calf development keys for a good calf development and one was genetics and the other was uh tall white socks yep higher socks yes higher <laughs> socks higher socks man yeah i mean it's insightful stuff i mean it's, it, there's there's a lot of take-homes from that there, that people can immediately use i see no lies that's very yeah. true. at all <laughs> i i think this brings us to a to our only scripted question which should be a fun one with you um the only scripted question that we have is what in the, in the industry that you see uh, really kind of like gets under your skin and really grinds your gears. And if you want to name names and call people out directly, feel free. We'll tag. Them. It's totally fine. I hate scripted questions, man. I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes and think about this. Isn't this what happened? It's our only one. What, Didn't we do a podcast last it. time and I did this? Didn't we do a podcast last time I did this exact thing? Maybe it was somebody else. That was that must have been somebody else's. That was yeah. definitely not us. Yeah. I they just must sat have there. Stolen our script the show question. actually had sixty minutes of silence to allow me to think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> half, halfway through, you heard the toilet flush because I had to take a little break. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the coffee was hitting me. Um, what I hate seeing. Um, yeah. What pisses you off? Of? Well, it's 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 the. Uh, Dude, that's, I guess it's just everything we talked about. The, the, yeah. the, the lack of critical thinking of like your training, which is good. Yes, it's very good that you're training, but like your, your, your rationalization for the training is wrong. You know, like, like meaning wrong that I could objectively criticize you with the most simple, in the most simplest way. And now your argument is wrong. Like, let's take, for example, like a James Harden steps back and pushes in and, and drives in the lane. And that requires ankle stiffness, you know? That move requires ankle stiffness. So the post person will put a post, look at James Harden do this. And now I'm in the weight room doing pogo hops for ankle stiffness. And it's like, you don't need pogo hops. Just do what James Harden did and you develop ankle stiffness. Mm -hmm. You develop the thing by doing the activity. Um, it's like, you're so comfortable in the weight room that you don't want to leave the weight room and you think everything for you can happen in the weight room to transfer to sports. How about you just stop doing that? You know, it would be, so that, that's one thing. I guess the other things are like the, giving giving those recipes to people that have pain you know anyone who's in who's in any form of pain is like what is the the solution for me and it's like well i think the solution is for you to understand your body better and i can't do that for you you know understand some concepts that i can teach you but but then go out and do it and yeah the the, the problem it's not even like a personal problem because it's that these kids that they'll have knee pain and they're given this specific plan for what to do and it messes them up more and it's like, they reach out to me and say, yeah, I did this program, but my knees have never hurt more. And it's like, wow, that is really bad. <laughs> you did a knee pain program and you hurt worse. Like that's messed Sweet. up. You know what? Maybe that's happened for me. I don't know if, if it did happen for me, 
I would be like, well, that's useful criticism. I'm going to change my program and make it better. Mm. Um, but it's like, I think people just sell their souls to marketing and are like, I don't care about delivering higher quality resources. I need to make more money. You know, it's like, dude, that's messed up. Um, but, but it will come back around someday. These people that do that type of stuff, it's going to come back around and people will start to realize that these things are lies and maybe we'll get to a, but maybe history is circular, you know? Yeah. It comes about and then people start thinking critically and then they go back to stupid thinking and then they think critically, you know, maybe that's oh, what it, it is. If you've been in the industry long enough, you see all the trends. Like I was, we were talking about with somebody on a prior call. It's like, we're, we're about a year away from like foam rolling to really get big again. Yeah. Like it's going to make a comeback. Like SMR is going soon. to make a comeback. Like our, our <laughs> I've already seen people posting about foam rolling and people how and like people using foam rollers again yeah it's like our our big joke is everything devolves back into fms like every system we've seen devolves back into like a bretzel stretch and an aslr and we're just like it just keeps it just keeps coming back all we did was now we're now we're talking about exhaling at a certain point as we do it but we're right back to fms it's amazing Oh, dude, that's, that's one thing too. That's one thing too. Now I'm listing three is people that are, are rehashing what has been done a million times. Mm. Like here's a video for how to foam roll your VMO. And it's like, are you serious? Why did you post this? Like, you're just taking up space. I've seen this before. (laughs) And then they'll be like, they'll be like, well, I have a different, I have a different community that needs to see this. It's like, no, just link out a freaking video that they can go see, you know, it's already been done. Stop doing it. No, you, no I, you don't. Foam rolling has been around since 2001. Yeah. This is late. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I honestly need people to think that I invented that. Yeah. Like you're, you're 20 that, years that's late to the my, party, buddy. That's my business model. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll put a spin on it and we just get a glazed foam roller and then that's how you foam roll, you know? There just make go. sure there's a fresh glaze on it, you know? Yes. Extra, yeah. extra sweaty. An <laughs> extra sweaty foam roller. <laughs> That, that might not be hygienic, but it'll work. It'll work. Yeah, I mean, the glaze, but it'll look good on Instagram. It'll look good the, on Instagram. The, the glaze never ends. So the glaze never ends. I love it, man. Uh, where can everybody find you if you want to be found? Uh, well, it depends on the person, you know. Well, actually, it doesn't <laughs> depend on the person because if you send me a dumb question. I'm going to reply and I'm probably going to screenshot it and then share it to the public. And then you're going to post it to your story. So just yeah. be warned, be warned yeah. everybody. That- I'll probably just, I'll probably just make it anonymous. Like I might, I might go to the extent of taking your little circular picture. If I really called you out and putting a different one there so that people really don't like know a, a clown, a clown emoji over the- That's what I do when people try to troll me in DMS is I put oh, the that's good. emoji over, over where their like picture would be. And I leave everything else so that people can see what, <laughs> um, so what they actually Instagram- say to me. My Instagram is Jake Tura. It's T-U-U-R-A. Most people think it's with two R's, but it's with two U's. And uh, website is jackedathlete.com where I have all my stuff. And I got the YouTube Jake Tura where I've been um, recently been putting the patellar tendon videos. Um, I was doing a lot per day, but then I kind of ran out of like, I don't know, other things happened. And, um, but the thing is, if you don't care, if you don't have patellar tendonopathy, you don't have jumpers in it, you're going to have zero interest in anything that I have to say right now. So uh <laughs> Don't follow me. That's what it is. <laughs> ah, we got hypertrophy clusters. We got all kinds of programs. We got the glaze. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's yeah, some glaze, the glaze there. I'm always, oh, yeah, I'm always posting the dumb things on the cluster page or the vertical. Well, no, the cluster page gets all the dumb stuff and the VJP page, because I'm the VJP admin, you know, that could, that gets more of the serious, like just, just what it calling people out just to call them out, you know, because that's the personality of the VJP admin. He doesn't care. 
Um, and then my personal is just sometimes I post animal videos doing weird things like eating carrots or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. The dunk and that's, and that's t- like at the dunking nomad. Are we changing that? Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I might get married soon. So that's, that's true. You're I'd on week stuck. three. Yeah. You're on week three. Yeah. And I might get, I might get even glazier like the, the Yukon gold and then I won't be dunking anymore. You, you you'll might be, not even be, be the dunking the house husband. Yeah. Yeah. My technique will go from like very smooth to just looking like the worst thing that anyone's ever seen. <laughs> we'll just call you the dunking house husband or the, the dunking trophy husband. That's what you'll, your new nickname will be. <laughs> I might, I might try to take that one over. To be 100% honest, I might roll with it. It's, yeah. I always love it. Like, people will like message me and be like, like, say something like, like, I can do that or that's not impressive. And I'm like, you're 22. Like, I'm a 38 year old father <laughs> of two and you're comparing yourself to me. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, we shouldn't even be in the same conversation. What I do can, they say? That it's not impressive. Like, uh, like, I'll get trolled for like trap bar deadlifts or for like a broad jump or like for, uh, like running times or speeds on an assault, you know, uh, air treadmill, whatever assault treadmill. I could do that too. And people are like, that's not impressive. And I'm like, you're 20. I never said it was. Yeah. (laughs) This is literally just like a page of like what I do each day. Well, you should tell them that you have like some really bad chronic disease that you've been dealing with your whole life. So they feel really bad about themselves. I mean, I do have melanoma. I'm technically a cancer survivor, Jake, just so you know. Okay. Well, say you're like a, say a type one diabetic. Yeah. You, know? you got problems. You got problems with your feet. Just, you got just, neuropathy. Just one up it. It's like, I have gout. God damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you know about this? They wear two shoe sizes bigger than, than normal. I hope nobody with gout's actually listening to this. That, that might, that might've been offensive. Are you still doing your podcast? Yeah, man. I just actually did talk about about that. uh, I did it with uh, Isaiah Rivera, one of the, one of the pro dunkers out there. Um, So either right now it's getting the story of the pro dunkers or it's doing um, something around pain, pain and performance, like jumping. Mm -hmm. That's really all I care about. Um, But I'm, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get all these pro dunkers. Some of them are kind of hard to get a hold of uh, because it's like, this i think the stories are very interesting because these these people think just like with anything but with jumping they're like what is the secret you know like look at my technique what do i need to fix about my technique to jump higher and what exercise do i need to do what's the best thing and it's like listen to all these pro dunkers and it's just like dude i jumped for years and then i had knee issues and i dealt with the knee issues and i kept strength training and i did some sprints or it's just like the most basic stuff that everyone already knows and it's like there are no secrets for these guys getting to the top of their their game. Um, they obviously have a genetic component to it. Uh, but if you don't, I think that genetic thing is like, if you have not done to the best of your ability, proper training, um, proper understanding of everything, you cannot pull the genetic card because yeah. you need to optimize everything first. So yeah, that's, that's what the podcast is, is like now. It's just like those pro dunkers and then stuff about pain performance. Um, and then, you know what, I got to start shifting it about getting glazy again, you know, cause I haven't done a glaze episode in a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm gonna need a hypertrophy guy on to to tell me uh, how to how to get that uh, how to get chocolate glazed. You you need to have Matt on to learn how to be a worse athlete. Based more, off what you said advice. earlier, it sounds like you'll probably fall asleep during that podcast episode too. Could we title it like Yukon uh, Gold Physique? <laughs> the Yukon Gold Physique. I love it. All right, thanks for being on, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, yeah appreciate you, sure, Jake. Man. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
Thank you for tuning in to Compound Performance Radio. If you liked this episode, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and drop us a review. We'll see you next time.